Hey party people, it is Friday, June the 24th here in Cedar Hill, Texas, and the time is 9.30am. I have been back since Tuesday, and I am still adjusting, I am still trying to find my way. Uh, Everybody's like, welcome home, and I'm like, this is not home. (laughs) It just feels weird, um, but I will, um, I'll get back on track. I want to talk about the day that I left, which I almost did not make it. I don't know. It was weird because getting to Egypt was a challenge, and it's almost like I left the way I came in. Remember I told y'all, um, page up, when I... Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm always doing two things at once. Let me close this. Okay, so Mm -hmm. when I came here, the morning that I was supposed to leave, I accidentally locked myself out of the house. Um, And then I ended up getting to the airport like super early and almost missing my flight because I wasn't really sure when the Emirates, you know, station would open and I had fallen asleep and, you know, just that kind of thing. So... Me getting out of Egypt went a little something like this. I left on a Tuesday morning. My flight was scheduled to leave at 8.40 a.m. The night before, I had arranged for the cab to pick me up. Hadidi, Habibi, cab, to pick me up at 5.15 a.m. I had also arranged for the security guys, and this was their words to me. We will come to your apartment at 5 o'clock in the morning and bring your luggage down. Because I had three huge suitcases that were just packed to the brim. And I could not. There was no way I was going to get them down those stairs myself without either, you know, damaging a part of me or breaking one of the suitcases. And I didn't want to do that. So I had planned to have the suitcases down by 5 o'clock and be picked up by 5.15 a.m. the next day. The night before, um, Emily and David came by, and we stayed up talking until about 2.40 in the morning, and I finally had to, like, tap out because I knew I, I needed to lay down because I had a lot of anxiety about those three suitcases. Um, and, and I'm saying that because I went and bought another huge suitcase and ended up still, like, packing these suitcases down I had too much stuff so I didn't have too much stuff I had a lot of stuff so they left and I laid down for about an hour and a half and when I woke up I was I'm sorry y'all I'm still I'm still adjusting um when I woke up I was my soul my spirit it was not ready to get up. Like, it just wasn't ready. So I'm moving through the morning kind of half-baked, if that makes sense. It's trying to, like, get my my whole body to catch up with the fact that we got to go. We got we to gotta get dressed. We have to brush our teeth. We have to wash our face. We have to pack the rest of these toiletries and make sure the apartment is good and we have to go. So I had worn these cargo pants, a T-shirt like a sleeveless t-shirt and a jean long sleeve jean shirt over that and I had to bring my coat on as my pillow and I had two carry-on luggage pieces of luggage so 
I brush my teeth, wash my face, five o'clock hits, no knock on the door. Five oh two hits, no knock on the door. So finally five oh five hits, which leaves me like ten minutes to get these suitcases down the stairs before the cab driver shows up. So I run downstairs to the security gate and the one guy who's there who does not speak I mean, this dude's English is like it's as limited as my Arabic. Like, I can't even explain how the juxtaposition of me needing him and having to explain to him what somebody else was supposed to explain to him. And maybe they did. I don't know. You know, Egypt is one of those places where you just have to be careful because sometimes people, you know, they can take advantage of you needing them. So he is asleep. Not only is he asleep, he's in a chair, leaned up against the wall, and he has an entire blanket over his entire body. He literally looks like a dead body, like a straight-up cadaver. So I'm like, hello? The window, is, the, the window is open to the security window to the office. So I'm like, hello? I don't want to scare him because when you scare people awake, y'all, it just, it's not good for their soul. <laughs> I'm like, hello, excuse me, hello, nothing, blanket over the body, and for a moment, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, for a straight up moment, I was like, this man is dead, like, how perfect is it that you need to get out of here, and the security guard has died in his sleep with a blanket over his head, or what shit, somebody came and killed him and put a blanket over him, so, you know, you know my imagination, So finally, I knock on the window very loud because I'm running out of time. And he jumps up like, oh, like seriously, noise and all. So he his eyes are super red. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I need you to help me bring my luggage down. And he's like, eh, you know, what is this? And I'm like, I need my I'm leaving and I need my suitcases brought down. And after a couple of we going back and forth, he finally understands what I'm saying. And he he kind of waves me off and he says, I got it, you know. So I take him up to the third floor where we see the first suitcase. And I, you know, I'm always trying to help people. But he's like, get back, girl. You cannot. And I couldn't. He was right. I couldn't. So in his flip-flops, in his Adidas flip-flops, he picks up one of these suitcases, puts it on his shoulders, and proceeds to bring my suitcases downstairs and I for a moment was like I'm gonna help him I'm gonna take the lightest one which was the green one and I'm gonna get it down the stairs but child I touched that suitcase I was like I'm gonna go back downstairs so as I'm going downstairs my phone rings and it's the cab guy and he's like Miss Kamika I don't see you I am at the gate and I said tell them to send you to the other gate three which is around the corner where the buses are and he says, okay. So he's talking to the guys. I'm standing on the line. And he says, um, gate four? And I said, no, gate three. Gate three, gate three. I'm, I'm where the buses are in the teacher accommodations. And he says, okay. So we get off the phone. I come back downstairs. And now I'm standing waiting for him to show up. The gate is still locked. But I have the guy put my suitcases by the door instead of the gate. Because I'm, I feel like I've already kind of troubled him enough. And my phone rings again. Miss Kamika, I don't see you. I said, I don't see you either. 
<laughs> he said, I see a white car. And I said, do you see the security gate? And he's like, yes, I have this. And I could hear the security guys talking in the back. And I tell him again, tell him we are by the buses. I am by the buses. Not we, but tell him I'm by the buses. So he's talking to him, talking to him. And I finally hear him say, oh. And it, it made me sink, y'all, because I was like, I sent this guy my location. I sent him the same location that I sent the guy when I had to get my COVID test. It is City of Six October Dreamland, you know. So the guy says, now by this time, I got two suitcases down. It's 5.20 a.m. Guy says, Miss Kamika, I'm very sorry. I'm at the wrong school. I am at New Cairo. So I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> New Cairo, I like, I mean, my heart sank, but I didn't understand, like, what does that mean? Do I need to wait on you? What does that mean? He says, no, I am, I am about 45 minutes away. Now, then I really, like, you know, I struggle between losing my shit and, like, trying to be reasonable. So um, I panicked. I panicked and... You know, I stomped my foot, you know, and I was like, fuck, fuck. I didn't say it out loud, but I said it like my lips moved it. And by this time, the third suitcase is down and the guy is standing there looking at me with his red eyes and his flip flops. And I said, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And he said, you got to get to the airport. As calmly as he could. He said, you, you need to get to the airport. So I said, okay. He said, I'm very sorry, Miss Kamika. I'm very sorry. I said, it's okay. No problem. And the reason why I was panicking, y'all, because I had, arranged, I had told the taxi guy, I have three suitcases. So, you know, I'm making this arrangement because I know, you know, I'm able to tell you what I have. Whereas if I get an Uber, you can't really tell them what you have. And getting a bus in Uber... I in Egypt, a Uber bus in Egypt. I hadn't done that before, so I wasn't sure if a bus full of people was going to pull up. So now I'm panicking a little, but I get off the phone and I schedule an Uber. The Uber guy is four minutes away. I send him a message saying, I'm, I'm, you know, when you get to the main gate, tell the security that you need to come around to where the buses are and they'll give you directions. So I'm standing there and then the guy for security says, keys. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So mind y'all, I got these cargo pants on. They got 800,000 pockets on them. So I'm going through all the pockets, and I don't feel any keys. None. No keys, no keys, no keys. Now, why is that a problem? If I don't turn those keys in, I will be charged for them, and I may not be able to leave. He may, like, literally say you cannot leave here without those keys. And I am looking pocket by pocket by pocket by pocket, hands in deep, 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 pocket leaning in. And I'm panicking more and more. You know, it's just like going downhill really fast. And I finally tell him, I think they're in the apartment. I locked them in the apartment because the doors in the apartments were the type that when you. um, When you close the door, you if you don't have your key, you, you get locked out. But I was like, I swore I picked up those keys. Like, I knew in my heart of hearts that I picked up those keys, but they were nowhere in my pockets. So now I'm calling the secretary at damn near 6 o'clock in the morning, and she does not pick up her phone because I need to tell her, hey, I do not have those keys. Um, 
So I hang up and I tell him I don't have them. They're in the apartment. But he's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm like, they're in the apartment. I don't have them. And he's like, okay, okay. So she calls me. And while she's calling me and I'm answering the phone, the Uber, I hear this music. I hear this Arabic music. You know, and this young boy pulls up in this four door coupe. And I'm like, these super that I'm just thinking that trunk has got to be empty. Otherwise, there's no way we're going to get all three of these suitcases in his back seat. So she calls me and I'm trying to say, Miss Ralia, I'm so sorry. I left the keys. And while I'm talking to her, I haphazardly stick my hand into my left hand hip pocket. And my hand slinks down and down and down. And I touch those keys. And I am just relieved. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Miss Ralia. Now, mind you, this is we're talking, but... I'm, you, there's language barriers, so I'm talking fast, trying not to talk fast. In between, I don't have the keys, and oh my god, I found the keys! False alarm, and she is asleep. She's like, "Okay, okay, Miss Kamika, huh? The keys?" <laughs> I felt so bad, <laughs> so I was like, "False alarm! I'm leaving. Thank you so much. I'm handing the keys to the guard," and the guard was even like, "Oh, he was relieved because I, you know." I don't know what kind of panic he was about, you know. I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to have to be the person to say, I let Miss Kamika leave and she did not have the keys. So I give him the keys and he helps the young cat who's blaring the Arabic music get all three suitcases in the car. We got one in the trunk and then the other two were in the back seat. I get in this car with this young cat and he's like where are you going and I'm like Cairo airport it's always in the it's you know when you uber somebody it comes the location where you're going comes up now I was frustrated because the taxi driver I think he just when I texted him I said I'm at the Schwerfat school and I honestly believe he never looked at the directions. He just assumed he knew because he said that to me in the WhatsApp. He's like, I know where you are. So instead of like double back, double checking, he just went to the Schwerfat school that he was familiar with and did not look. Maybe he didn't know there were two schools. But at the end of the day, you're an Uber driver. Double check the location. Sometimes, y'all, let me tell y'all. There were times where I would literally get into a car and the man would turn the GPS off. You know what I mean? And then we'd end up doing circles here or there because the road had been closed off. It was just sometimes you would have issues with the drivers not wanting to trust the GPS. And, you know, for whatever reasons they had, you know, it was just but it was issuous because they would be asking you and you're like, dude, re- follow the GPS. So anyway, now I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm I'm struggling not to tell myself that I'm going to miss my flight because right now everything feels like I'm going to miss my flight. And I don't know if somebody is praying for me to miss my flight or what, but it's it's all happening. So I get into the car. It is now. If it's not six o'clock, it's like. 605 something like that we're in the six o'clock hour at this point and he's like what time is your flight and i'm like 8 40 and he's like are you at the new terminal or the old terminal and i'm like what and i was like i don't know 
I don't know. All I know is I'm flying Turkish Airlines. That's all I know. That's all I can tell you. And you need to get me to Terminal B. Okay, okay, okay. I'll get you to Terminal B. So we are flying. Yeah, I'm literally like, at one point, I literally just in my head said, God, I surrender. Like, if I'm about this morning, then that's just what it's going to be. Because I looked over at this young man's speedometer and we were driving 120 120 miles an hour and it felt like it and as much as I had my seatbelt on I was like I'm gonna fly through this windshield (laughs) so I'm just quiet because and I know somebody somebody out there is like why you didn't tell him to slow down well a I don't know the distance between here and the airport and I know that this young man is saying he's gonna get me to the airport so I'm not gonna argue with that Plus, I didn't put my hands, I didn't put my entire life in God's hands. So, ain't no use in me trying to control shit at this point. So, we are flying, and I'm like, literally, at one point I jumped. And that's important to tell y'all because it's a lot of like areas in Egypt where you're in a car and there are no lines on the road, and you really think you're gonna like another car is about to just hit you and they don't and I spent my entire year being very comfortable with that process of driving like I you know once I got past it I was like oh these people know what they're doing this driving even though it feels like I'm on a roller skating rink they know what they're doing but this this particular morning this young man you know you know young people they drive like bandits like I remember driving like a bandit I remember doing my furious my fast five furious or whatever you know I remember you know doing that as a young person so I understand like this is he's in his lane he's banging his music he's telling me about the guy that I'm listening to and we're just flying he gets me to the airport um even though at one point I knew we were a bit to have a wreck because we slid between two cars at a time where one of those cars didn't even realize we were sliding through and he started coming over and I almost like I literally almost like slid into the driver's seat onto the driver because he was about to hit us on my side. But I don't know, you know, Life is amazing when you're supposed to be living it. So we made it through and I got to the airport. I get to the airport and the beautiful part is without me saying anything, the young man before we got to the airport, he said, and I'm not going to leave you. He said, I'm going to make sure you get we get your luggage with a baggage handler before I leave you. I'm going to make sure you're okay." And I was like you know what, I'm going to tip him major. I'm going to tip this boy major because he gets it. I don't know if the angels are talking through him or what, but he gets it. So we get to the airport and um, true to his word, he gets out, he finds a baggage handler and we get all of my luggage onto a cart. And now I am in the hands of the baggage handler. I paid the driver 200. His, the, the ride was 199 LE. I gave him a $200 bill and a 100 uh, American dollar and he was like are you for real and I was like yes you you got me to the airport you took care of me I appreciate you you're a very good driver and you know I just wanted to bless him I I really just wanted to bless him because I was I was feeling I you know I just like I don't think I'm gonna leave Egypt you know so let me just reward those who really understand my plight right now and really are helping me in their own way 
but it was so good to make him that happy because I I remember his face. I just remember how blessed he felt and how warm I felt watching him smile early in the morning. And I was like, if anybody can be happy right now, it's him. So now I'm with my baggage handler. My baggage handler's like, where are you going? I'm like, United States. He's like, oh, I like the United States. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, um, I, you know, you have heavy baggage. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just pay to get it on the plane. Because I don't know, y'all. I ain't <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants sometimes. You know, sometimes it's just things I'm like, I'll worry about that. You know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So he's looking at the bags and he's like... You're going to tip me well, huh? And I said, yeah, I'll take care of you. And he's like, where's that American money? He said that. Where's that American money? I said, oh, you want American money. I said, you got to work for American money. But I will make sure I will take care of you. Because back at Chancellor's normally get like 20, 30 bucks. But I still had a lot of Egyptian LE. I still had probably like 1,400 Egyptian LE that I needed to like unload but I had it on me because I wasn't sure I knew I was gonna have to pay for extra luggage so we get up to the counter and he tells me his name is YL my baggage handler so me and YL get up to the counter and he starts loading my luggage onto the weight machine the attendant at the weight machine is a man who's probably about 51 he's probably my age and he is like here comes another one of these foreigners with all of these suitcases. So he's like, you have extra bags. And I said, yeah. He's like, you're only supposed to have two. I said, yeah, but I'll pay for a third. And he was like, they're all overweight. And I was like, what does that mean? He was like, you can't take these bags onto the plane. I said, but I can pay you for them. He was like, you cannot take these bags on the plane. They are too heavy. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And he said, you're going to have to make more luggage. You're going to have to take something out of each of these and make another bag. I said, where am I supposed to get another bag? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm looking at him like, how are you going to re- give me a resolution? And you can't give me, tell me where I can make this happen. Like, I need you to help me help me. And finally, YL is like, don't worry, don't worry. I got you, miss. I got you, miss. So he... Puts my takes my bags off the weight machine and puts them back on the car and we roll my bags around to this corner and he starts taking my bags off of the cart and puts them on this other weight machine and he opens my oh no wait a minute and he opens my bag and then he runs right like right across the way and grabs a box. It's these two dudes sitting like they smoky and uh old boy on Friday. They like sitting there like just watching people walk by. And they he tells them he needs a box. They give him this like half size box. They blatantly like half folded at the bottom. Don't secure it with any kind of tape and give it to him. So I'm like, you finna put my stuff in a box? Now, mind y'all, I have had... I've traveled enough to, you know how like when you're standing at the carousel of baggage claim and you see people's suitcases or you see boxes or you see bags that have been busted open and people's shit is like (laughs) hanging out and you're looking at that like, damn, so glad that ain't me. Well, it was now me. He's opening my suitcases and he's taking stuff out, putting them in the box, like not folding it, not nothing. He's just like grabbing it like a... You know, like he's a a, a machine and just ah, and just putting it in the box. And I am just watching. I'm literally saying goodbye to this stuff because I'm like, there's no way 
There is no way this box is going to make it to America. Um, and I try to try to like say something. He's like, do not worry. Do not worry. So I'm like, okay, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. But I'm so worried. <laughs> I'm so worried. And so he gets the first suitcase down to the proper weight. He closes it up. Puts the next suitcase on, opens it up, grabs whatever's on top, books, whatever. He's not, he's literally not processing. I'm looking at it like, oh my God. He even he even grabbed one shoe. Like he grabbed one shoe. And I was like, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna make it back with one shoe. And it was a brand new shoe. It was a shoe that I had just bought. And I was just like, mm, this is not good. So he finally gets all of my suitcases down to size. And now I have a box full of my shit. Um, in a box that's not even closed properly at the bottom. We roll the cart back over to where the two guys are sitting, like they on the street corner, and they take another box. They slide that box over my box and proceed to saran wrap it closed <laughs> on this machine that's going round and round, and it's just being saran wrapped closed. And I'm just like. Okay, I am now one of those people. So we get the box put on the car. So now I have four pieces of luggage. I have three suitcases that are now proper weight and I have a box. We go back around and we get back up to the thing and I tell the guy, I'm back. And he looks at me with this very, (laughs) very nonchalant, bored with my ass look and says... I know. So we now, my suitcases are now the proper weight. And it's going to cost me for the box and the extra suitcase $250. So he says, you need to pay $250. So I'm like, 250 LE? And he says, yes. So I take out 300 LEs and I hand it to him. And he has, he, gives me this little laugh (laughs) no 200 he said you had well at first I had 300 American dollars he was like no the 300 that you had has to be converted to 250 LE which is 8,700 LE so I am like okay what does that mean? <laughs> He's like, you're going to have to go to the exchange and exchange 400 American dollars to 250 LE, which the lady will give you back about 8,700 LE. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got the money. Let's just make it happen. So now me and YL are going back. We leave my luggage. We He asked the guy, could we leave the, the luggage cart there? And the guy didn't even respond. But YL was like, we leave it in here. So we take my 400 LE and we walk around to this little window where you can exchange the cash. And this dude is back there looking like something out of Harry Potter. And he's looking down. I don't know if he's praying. I don't because there's nothing on the desk. So imagine somebody sitting at a desk just looking down at the desk. But there's nothing on the desk. Nothing like absolutely nothing. It's clean. Nothing. So he's just like holding his head down looking. And I'm like, hello. And he doesn't look up. So I was like, here we go with this shit. So it's a hurry up and wait game. So YL doesn't say anything. But the guy knows we're standing there. Like, it's obvious we're standing there. 
So he finally looks up and takes the $400. And it takes this man way longer than expected to convert this money. It was like he had to stare at the American money. Like he didn't use a marker to check if it was real. He just stared at it. It was just weird. Anyway, he finally converts my money, gives me 8,700 LEs, and I hurry back over to baggage where I'm supposed to check in. Old dude looks at me, and I look at him, and I say, I have the money, and it's just this huge wad of bills. This is like a huge wad of bills, y'all. <laughs> I have 8,700 LEs in my hand, and I it's just... It's just so wacky. So he says, I cannot take your money. I said, but you just told me. It's like, you have to go get a receipt from the, 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 not the exchange window, but I don't know what he called it, but you have to go get a receipt. Now, what that means is I got to go back out of security. You know how like you get to the airport and you have to go through security. I have to now go back out of security because wherever it was that I was supposed to get the receipt is on the other side of security. So me and YL go and YL has to get permission from security to let us out and, you know, to say, hey, y'all can go back out and come back in. But nobody will give him permission. And I don't know it at the time, but it's because he's a baggage handler. So I'm like, what's going to happen? What is going on? He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. That's all he's telling me. Don't worry. So we go back and when we get back, YL's boss is standing there. With this other guy. And as soon as we walk up. He just starts lighting into YL. He's fussing at him. And YL is trying to explain to him. Whatever he's trying to explain. But the man is like. And YL just backs up. And he's like mish mish. You know he holds his hand up. He's like you're right. Whatever it is. And I'm realizing that the guy is fussing at him. Because he's helping me. And he shouldn't be. He was And, and I, to YL's. You know, to his defense, he did at one point say, I am done. I am done. But I was like, no, you trying to get this American money? You're going to help me until my luggage is securely checked in. I need to make sure that my luggage gets securely checked in. So he's like, okay, okay. So we get back and the boss is fussing at him. And I'm feeling like I'm trying to stop him. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I'm the person who asked. And the boss is like, girl, you don't shut up. You're going to end up back at Schwerfat like this morning. So I was like, okay, okay. So YL gets replaced. I pay YL 800 LE and a $100 bill. And he's very satisfied. Like he's very sad. Like I'm really trying to like offload this extra money that I have. So um, I clear that with YL. And now I'm with this other guy. We walk back over to the security guys at the security gate. And they let us right out. He flashes his badge. They let us out. And I noticed that YL is keeping his distance. But he's watching. He's making sure that I am taken care of. Even though I've paid him already. He's he's still following and, and observing. So I get to this window. And this woman and her homegirl are back there. I don't know if the woman is her boss, but she's an older woman. They're back there talking. And she don't even look up at me. And once again, it's just the Egyptian way. You just It's a hurry up and wait game. And I'm not tripping at this point because I've already submitted my life to the whole entire acreage of the spiritual world. Like, I'm like, 
I haven't died yet and I haven't got on my plane, but I, I'm just, all I can do is breathe. So she finally looks up and I hand her the money. Uh, no, she finally looks up and she asks me how many pieces of luggage am I paying for? And I say two. And she says, that would be 8,700 at least. So I hand her the money and she gives me the ticket back and we get back, go back through security yeah, I still had to get patted down and everything. Go back through security. Go back up to the um, where my luggage is being checked in. And Yael is still standing far to the back watching. And we get my luggage checked in. And it is, it's, you know, it's just a miracle. So the guy's like, he gives me my plane ticket. He gives me the tickets for my luggage and my box. And he says, you can now go to your plane. And I start walking and I'm like, where am I going? I don't even know where I'm going, y'all. I don't have no idea where that is. (laughs) So he points me down and to the left. He's like down in Shamel and la da 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 da. So I walk and I literally walked right past where I was supposed to be. But something stopped me and said, turn around and ask. So I turned around and I asked this guy, is this where we go to get on our plane? And he was like, yeah, let me look at your ticket. And he looks at my ticket and he's like, oh, we're on the same flight. So I was like, good. I'll just stand behind you and follow you. So we stand there for a bit and I'm just trying to, I literally, y'all, I'm standing there just trying to like get myself together, like really accept that what had just happened had happened. Because this was beyond just locking myself out of the house. This was like something is really conspiring to test me in getting out of Egypt. So we get through, we get to the line where we, our visas are getting checked. And for some reason, for some reason, the line is just not moving. Like we stand there for, I know, six minutes, unmoved line. And the guy's like, what is going on up there? And I was like, you know what? This is all me. This is my energy. This is me. I'm the bad luck charm right now. (laughs) So I don't say anything. like it's me it's me it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer so finally the line starts moving and everybody's anxious because all of the lines are kind of at a standstill but ours is really 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 not moving so finally line moves we get through and i literally get to you know we we get to our terminal just as they're doing final call um, and we had to, let me see, was that there? Or was it Istanbul? Hmm. No, we were able to get right on the flight. I get on the flight and y'all, I got a owl seat. I got an owl seat. D, D is an owl seat. If I'm not mistaken, I know I had an owl seat. And I was like, no, I hate aisle seats. I hate aisle seats. And then I remembered, Kamika, you should have told them that you needed a window seat. But I, you know, I don't be, sometimes I'm just not thinking about stuff like that. I'm just, you know, when I was in Egypt, it really was about just make sure you understand what you're told and that you get what you need. Because it's very hard. It's very, very hard. They make it, they don't make it easy. I'm not going to say they make it hard, but they don't make it easy. So... I didn't even think to ask for a window seat. So I'm on this and I'm, you know, I'm like, let me get on here and give me a meal in me and get a nap because I am now mentally, spiritually exhausted. 
Like, I'm exhausted, y'all. My brain hurts. I'm so exhausted because I've been suppressing and holding out and breathing and just, like, trying to, like, be in the flow of whatever was happening, be in the energy. So I'm exhausted, but I want to eat before I, like, go to sleep. So I get in my seat. I turn on King Richard. I hadn't seen that movie yet with Will Smith and about the Williams sisters. So I turn on King Richard, put my earbuds in. Start watching the movie. When I wake up, (laughs) they are collecting people's plates. And I was like, no. (laughs) Because y'all, I didn't eat breakfast. I did not eat breakfast. So I am now, and I didn't have time to stop and buy me anything in the airport. And now I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. So I raised my hand. To ask the lady, is it too late for me to get a plate? And she was like, I'll be right back. And she never comes back, which was fine. I was just like, fuck this bitch, whatever. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I was mad that she didn't come back because I'm like, you, you probably, she probably knew what I was going to ask her. And uh, in my other experiences, when I flew, even though I went to sleep, the people would wake me up and ask me, did I want to eat? And I, you know, I'm not saying that she was supposed to do the same thing, but it would have been nice if she had just woke me up and said, do you want to eat? Because I was on an aisle seat. I mean, you reaching over me, giving people their plates. Anyway, so now I'm just like, whatever. I didn't missed half of King Richard. We're getting ready to land. So I prepare for landing. I have a two-hour two layover in Istanbul. Get to the terminal. Get off. And literally, y'all, it takes me two hours to get from my plane coming out of Egypt to my plane that is leaving Istanbul. I had to go through three checkpoints and where they dropped us off at, we were on like a third floor, but it was all glass and you could look down and see where you're supposed to be. But it was on the other side of the terminal. So you had to walk. I know it was a mile. It felt like a mile. You have to walk a mile, go through three checkpoints, and then come all the way back around, go downstairs to get to where you were supposed to be. And I was walking through all the food courts and all of that, but I was going to have to exchange my money, and I didn't have time. I didn't have time to exchange money to eat, to buy something to eat. So I'm getting back on the plane, and I'm like, ooh, Kamika, do not go to sleep. I get on the plane, and I'm in the middle seat this time. And I'm like, this is even worse. (laughs) Because I don't know who I'm going to have to sit between, you know. And I'm watching people come on the plane. And I'm like, oh, please, God, no. And then I would see somebody like, oh, I can do them. Let them sit by me. And nobody sat by me. So I heard the lady say, seating is closed. And I had a whole row to myself. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, Egyptian Allah. Thank you so much. Uh, Because I was like, after I eat, I'm going to let these armrests up. And I am going to (laughs) lay down in these seats and get me some sleep. So I put King Richard back on and uh, put my earbuds in. And while I'm watching King Richard, a woman who was sitting behind me decides her row is too crowded. So what she's going to do is come and sit on the row with me. And she catches that aisle seat. And then puts all of her shit in the middle seat. All of it. Like purse, bag, 
neck pillow, all this shit. So I'm like, whatever. You know, at this point, I'm just like, I got the window seat. I got the best deal in the house right now. They service our food, um, which was overrated. You know, my chicken was a little hard, but I ate it all. And I finished watching King Richard and I go to sleep. You know, lights out, sun down. We all start like resting into this at this ride on the plane. My eyes were not closed 20 minutes. And I hear, oh, oh, somebody's child is crying. And they are literally like three seats over one row from us. Now, I didn't feel too bad. Who I felt bad for was the woman that was in the aisle seat. But I was like, that's what you get. (laughs) So this kid is wailing, will not stop crying. The mother gets up, starts walking the kid around, and the kid stops crying. But as soon as she sits down, we're back to like, and it it is piercing because it's not no deep baby cry this kid is like you know soprano crying long wells so i i was like we're all suffering right now everybody in this little section we're all suffering so i put my earbuds in put on some go to the music section put on some drake some jay-z turn my shit up and put my coat over my head and i just i find sleep i find it um And that was pretty much the rest of the ride. Um, Get to Dallas. And get to baggage claim. And I'm realizing that I'm not going to. I'm like, you know, saying goodbye to whatever it was he threw in the box. I was like, there's no way that box is going to come off the. uh, Come up out of the uh, on that. On the um, I don't know why I can't think right now. It's, there's no way my box is gonna come off the um, the little turn thing. Whatever y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, the conveyor belt. There we go. Conveyor belt. And I'm standing there, and this other lady is standing next to me, and she was like, "They lost our luggage in Turkey." And I was like, "Girl, I need you to be quiet. You will get your luggage." I said, "If I get my luggage, you're gonna get your luggage." And lo and behold, the first thing that comes out is my box. Now, why is this important? Because before I ever knew I was coming to Egypt, I had packed a box in my living room and I prayed. I was like, God, I don't know where you're going to take me, but there's no you. There's no way you can take me anywhere if I don't pack. And I kept a box packed of my with my things in it in my living room. And I ended up teaching for one year in Al Giza, Egypt and seeing that box come off of the conveyor belt. And be able to pick it up and put it on the cart when I arrived back in Dallas was nothing but God. It was nothing but God. And I realized that I cannot complain about much of being in Egypt because the whole entire trip was covered. It was covered. People were praying for me. The ancestors were showing up in my dreams. You know, I got to see both of my grandmothers. Um, I got to talk to them in my dreams. And I had a wonderful year. I had a wonderful year. So 
all three of my pieces of luggage came off of the turn of turnstile off of the conveyor belt and I got them on a card and luckily I did not call anybody to pick me up from the airport so nobody was waiting for me and I got to just sit and sit in DFW for a moment and just take it all in I got to hear white people complaining. I got to hear one man say, Ooh, finally back on American soil, home of the free. And I was just like, you know, the bullshit never changes, you know. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world, you know. I, I, I have a new lease on how I look at the battles that we have to fight here in America. Versus the battles that are being fought in Egypt. And neither one of them is is worth my time or my weight in gold, really, honestly. But I'm here to fight. You know, I'm here to, to maintain my, my freedom. And I have realized that this is not my home. This is not my home. Egypt was not my home either. My home is me. I am my home. And wherever I am... I have a place to lay. I have something to eat because I have learned how to meditate and pray and go without if I have to. Home is me. Home is me. So I do plan to visit Egypt again. I do plan to leave Texas again. But the beautiful part is that I know I don't have a home physically. I am thankful for the I am thankful for people who allow me to lay my head somewhere. I am thankful to have a bathroom to go to. I am thankful for a kitchen. I am thankful for food to eat. I am thankful for spaces where I can sit and meditate. I'm thankful for backyards. I'm thankful for front yards. I'm thankful for mirrors and kitchens and refrigerators and and couches and chairs and tables. I'm thankful. But home, home is me. Be good, be good, be good. Thank you for being on this full journey with me. I do have a couple of more podcasts that I will be releasing before this is all said and done. But y'all have been great. Y'all have been so supportive. And those of you who have financially supported this podcast and this journey, I thank you because that's getting me through. Because right now I don't have the capacity or the mental strength right now to accept another job. I don't. I'm exhausted. And I have a writing project that I am working on right now. And that's all I can commit to. That's all I can wake up and do right now. But I'm so grateful because I have met some amazing people. I met Miss Janine, Miss Ralia, Mr. Afia. I met Jinx and Shari and Emily and David. I met Dahlia and um, Zara. And I just met some amazing people. Amazing people who I now consider family. Miss Amira, Amina, um, just amazing people. So thank you very much. Thank y'all for this journey, and um, we're going to move forward, and we're going to continue to transform, and I'm going to continue to speak life into myself as well as into others. Be God. Peace.